talks, I'm just going to cut probably whatever I want to right now. For there are no record. rules. There are no rules in this podcast because right now we literally don't know what we're going to talk about. This is Gone With The Wind. Cue the music. everybody, welcome to Gone With The Wind, the show about award shows where we talk about, you guessed it, award shows. Here with me is Ryan. Hey, guys. And that's it. It's I mean, just the two it, of us. We're just, yeah. <laughs> I was about to say, what were you about to say, Ryan? I was like, we're both just, you know, lazing through tiredly. Yes. We literally talked... Um, what about just thirty minutes before just talking? Yeah, about life, movies, all that good stuff. Liberty. How Letterbox shouldn't, yeah, or life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Yeah, you know what? Give me liberty or give me death, or I'll take sleep too. Actually, I'm tired. <laughs> I'm both tired. Um, but regardless, uh, this is gonna be a really chill episode, mainly because there's not a lot to talk about. Because right now, as we're recording, BAFTA has not happened. It's happening at a really awkward time Sunday morning. WJ is also happening tomorrow, and then from there, we're gonna mosey on to the Oscars. We're gonna do something next week because the Oscars, the Oscars are are in a little over a week. Yeah, that's they are, unfathomable. They are fast approaching. <laughs> I know, which is the which is both like you know, it's 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 a good thing you know that we're always on our toes, but the bad thing because everything feels so crammed together. But we've probably gone off on rants before about how this is a bad idea from them changing anything in the first place. Yeah. So next year, though, we're moving away from that, right? I can't remember. Uh, possibly, yeah, we're going back to the I, March regular calendar because they're realizing that this didn't work. <laughs> no, it was a fun experiment. Now let's try it on. You know, you went into your college days and you tried something different. At 92 years old, you were like, let me go to college and let's try some things different. And then they got out after one year of college and were like, not for me. I um, mean, like, maybe it'll be good for like for 2020 films. Like as we move on, like maybe we'll start to care more about the spring films of 2020 because we won't yeah. still be talking about all of the films from 2019. But I don't know. It's hard to say. <laughs> I mean, the, the I was never opposed to the February. I was opposed to the fact that that was the only thing that shifted. The rest of the calendar didn't. So we had movies that literally were coming out in January make their appearance. You know, 1917. I'm talking to you. I'm looking at you over here. Mm-hmm. Who were still not seen by the general public, which I think if you're going to make that the new date, shift everything from the December and sprinkle them in throughout the year. Or at least, you know, not just in December and November and January. Maybe but throw in like 17 made Bafo box office. So maybe I know. So <laughs> maybe this is the lesson. <laughs> it did. It did. Actually, how much did it make? Brian, can you fact check that for us? I can just give me one hot second here. Please, you're 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 doing multiple things. I apologize. Uh, I'm not doing multiple things, but I no, just didn't mind. have a website up. Um, let's just search it this way. That'll make it easier. 1917 has domestically made 112 million three hundred ninety six thousand three hundred eighty nine dollars 
Just domestically, okay. Yes, right. internationally, it has made another ninety-eight million four hundred thousand for a worldwide total of two hundred ten thousand or two hundred ten million seven hundred ninety-six thousand three hundred and eighty-nine dollars. Oh wow! You gave me the exact number. All right, so right now its budget it looks like it's between ninety to one hundred million. Is what I'm looking wow. at. So right now it's wow. That's actually really a lot more expensive than I. <laughs> that was a lot more expensive than I was expecting you to say. I know. <laughs> um, why? But, hey, a non-Christopher Nolan heavy war movie making over two hundred million dollars is not is not bad. no. I mean, they did a great job of marketing this movie. I'll say that even though it came out later, that it kind of like it it yeah. caught the zeitgeist at the right time. Yeah, and I think I we're mean, gonna get into. Oh, go ahead. I mean, like Dunkirk made about five hundred twenty-seven million, which yes. you know is probably an anomaly. <laughs> so <laughs> there aren't many of that kind of movie that I think can draw that box office. No. But that's the name of that's what the name, that's what the name of Nolan can do. Yeah. So I mean, if uh, nineteen seventeen is coming out at two ten, really the domestic box offices between the two are not that far apart. Really, it's mostly international. Yeah, um, because somehow this one didn't translate internationally. I don't know what its full stretch was, but yeah, where hasn't it been released? It looks like it's been released everywhere. Oh, okay. Just didn't probably catch on yeah. as Dunkirk did. Interesting. Um, but I mean, now, it's yeah, out in all the countries that are important. Yeah. Like, so box office wise. Yeah, because you know China. That's, oh, it didn't uh, it didn't come out in China? Um, it didn't. Well, I guess I, they don't. They don't release every movie. I know that American movie. Yeah. So. Well, and it was like Lunar Lunar Year, which is like a whole like, it's like a whole week off in China. It's like a big thing. Oh, hmm. Didn't know that actually. I learned. I'm learning something new in the podcast today. <laughs> I'm learning new things. Um, but yeah, just as also to reiterate again, I mentioned this in the opening. The Baptists have not happened yet. The, the they will have already happened by the time this episode airs and me editing and all that stuff. But when we're recording this, it has not happened. So by this time, we have probably we're we're probably living in a world where what 1917 has won it, both director and best film, because. I don't know what else wins it. Yeah, like, I mean, it's distinctly possible that that nineteen seventeen wins. Although I don't know, thinking, like it's it's not. I can tell you, it's probably not going to be Joker, right? Yeah, probably. And the Irishman's probably is 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 probably almost dead at this point. Yeah. And if Parasite pulls it out. That's what I'm going to be fascinated by because I the BAFTA, no offense to BAFTA, but I feel like Parasite would be the last place BAFTA would, or Paras, BAFTA would be the last place Parasite would win Best Picture. And I think oh, yeah. if, it win, no, no. if it wins oh. here, I think that means there is some real power into what the guilds actually feel like is worthy, or they feel like there's some credence to this to Parasite outside of just foreign language film. Yes. Um. Yeah, BAFTA. I mean, BAFTA definitely strong odds for 1917. I'm, I'm sure that, Gold Derby has those odds somewhere. I, I think that that's where the safe money is right now. Not the like, not the uncut gems money, but the the safe. Nope. 
Uh, well, actually, hey, speaking of that, you finally finished it. I did. And what did you and think? It's amazing. As I as I sort of knew from seeing the beginning and the end, like I sort of knew this movie was really good, but it was good to see the middle <laughs> to, to kind of know all what yeah. happened. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a really excellent movie and deserves a lot more attention than it's getting. Yeah, which is unfortunate because it came out and then it went like uh, at least here where I am in the States because you got to watch it on Netflix, right? I did, yes. So I woke up this morning. It was on Netflix. It came on Netflix yesterday. And I just kind of clicked it and watched it. And I was like, oh, cool. cool. <laughs> did you now, now the question is, did you watch the entire thing again or did you just watch the middle part you missed? <laughs> uh, so I watched not the entire thing, but more than just the middle part. Okay, okay. But you kind of like pieced, I'm sure once some scenes you knew you skipped. And you're like, okay, I've seen this. Yeah, no, no, no. So I, I started the movie. I skipped ahead to like the last scene that I like distinctly remember. And then I wound up being like, no, I actually saw a little bit more than I thought I saw before. So oh, okay. there was there were, a few scenes came up after that. that I was like, oh, I'd already seen this. So then I watched the middle and then I did watch it till it finished. I did finish the movie again. Okay. All right. Yeah, I was about to say, because that feels like that'd be emotionally fulfilling, being able to watch the yeah. entire thing instead of stopping. Well, I mean, but once you're through the middle, like, I was just like, I know how this ends, and I just really want to see it carry to that end. And mm. Because the end is, like, the end is very stressful. And there's something about watching that movie and, like, getting that feeling of stress that, like, really kind of pumps you up. But, oh, that sounds... Yeah. That sounds interesting. <laughs> that's the biggest. That's and that's still my biggest. Like not my um. What's the word? Um. I have to again emo mentally prepare myself because I'll be in a theater if I see. Actually, no, I might have missed it completely. I need to go check other theaters around here because I have Regal Unlimited, so I can anything that's Regal, go in there, watch what I need to. But I'll need to double head and double check before I go. Before I think it's gone, otherwise I'm gonna have to wait till it comes out on Prime or Amazon Video, so I can rent it. I should say, um, yeah. Because do they have the rights to it to go onto Netflix once it finishes its theatrical run for America uh, at least? I don't think so. So Netflix bought the international distribution mm. right for it, but it's an A24 film, so it's a. <laughs> <laughs> so it'll be wherever I th I thought A24 has a right with has a rights deal with Amazon in the U.S. Don't they? Isn't that where all the A24 films go like a few months after they come out? Uh, I th I'm not all of them because wasn't Lighthouse A24? Yeah. Like I haven't lived in the U.S. for a few years, so I don't know if this has changed. But I remember when I was in law school and living in Boston, they had like I remember Amazon. Like it wasn't immediate. Like the immediate new releases weren't there yet. But then it was like a little bit after they hit Prime Video. That might be the case, because right now, I know the lighthouse isn't available when the time of us recording, but I know Moonlight, stuff like Moonlight is. Yeah. So, but Whereas Netflix, like, they have, whatchamacallit, they have almost every A24 movie on Netflix in Canada. Um, because, Jealous. well, I mean, like, not the super new releases, Uncut Gems accepted, but, like, they just like they did with Amazon when I was living in the U.S., um, it's always like, you know, whatever, a six month delay after the mm. release. But, but in any case, they, it, this was a weird release. 
especially for us because Canada's not normally packaged with international distribution. I know. That's why I was very much like, well, you guys got a little taste of it. It's very strange. Do you prefer it or do you um, rather go see it in the theater? Uh, Which I guess we did. I, well, I kind of did, but kinda. Um, I don't know. I, I kind of like it. Like, I mean, I like going to the movie theater and it's a good relaxation for me, but like being able to sometimes turn on movies, like a brand new movie that I actually want to see on Netflix is fulfilling. I would imagine that'd be the case. Yeah. Um, All right. Do you, do you want after odds? I pulled uh, for the one well, get let's let's go for it because it'll mean nothing but by tomorrow. But at the same time, I'm curious. Let's do it. So in the best picture race, 1917 is indeed the leader at 31 to 10 odds. Um, followed by Parasite at four to one. Okay. Followed by Once Upon a Time in Hollywood at four to one. That's that's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. Um, okay. Now, so let's pretend we live in a world where 1917 has won. So if this has already happened, good for us. <laughs> but we're living in a world right now where 1917 has not only won that, but actually, uh, look at director for a second for me, if you can, if you have that near your, you yep. at all. Yep, it's the next one in the list. Let me know yeah. what that is, because I think that's going to be really interesting, at least these two together this year. So this gives the odds as being a lot closer than than the odds for film. Okay. Not that the film odds are like super far apart, obviously, but the director odds are 31 to 10 for Sam Mendes and 39 to 10 for Bong Joon-ho, which Sam Mendes okay. the odds favorite, but like not by a huge margin. So right now, we, let's say we live in a world where 1917 has won the BAFTA. It's already won the PGA. It's won the DGA. It's won the Golden Globe. Yeah. It has won everything it's needed to. Let's say it wins both director and picture at yeah. this point do we go ahead and engrave its oscar i don't know that we engrave its oscar but it's the odds on favorite if you wanted to put money on best picture it would be your best bet and i think so, that regard, i think even if it loses bafta it's still your best bet which i which then i was i was going to add add to the fact if if we have because right now parasite's number two which i think that's a, that's a fair assessment because that sag win was telling um yeah. If if Parasite comes in and wins BAFTA for best film, and then let's still say Sam Mendes wins for director, but let's say that BAFTA goes with picture for Parasite. If that occurs, we still have 1917 as the one because they don't do preferential ballot, right? Right. So, do we get a split this year? It's possible. I mean, you want a fun stat? Yes. Are you sure you want a fun stat? I always want a fun stat. That's the spirit. Okay, so this decade, in the nine films we've had, sorry, the ten years we've had, not including this year, as we've not had a winner yet, but in the nine years that we have had, uh, out of those nine years, the the winners... uh, have correlated with the best picture uh, for director, excuse me, have called director and picture have correlated one, two, three, four, four times, only four times. Yeah. 
and the rest have been for five times they have not correlated mm-hmm. so we are either going this year we are either going to have six and four or we're going to have five and five for breaking of that and i think if we go back there is not a single decade where that break has been more evident and i think that's something that has to be done so that's something that has to do with the preferential ballot um, yeah mostly not only not solely but or that's like, a great I, factor i mean it's certainly i think a factor but like i also kind of think that like people just think of directing and picture different like you know directors don't but like i think everybody else does because we look back last year, uh, Roma took home Best Picture, Green Book took home, sorry, Roma took home Best Director, Green Book took home Best Picture. Yeah. Now, again, people might have qualms with Green Book taking Best Picture. We know that to be the case. Uh, but Roma is the stronger directed film. That's very much, everyone can agree with that. Self-evident. <laughs> exactly. So perhaps nowadays... People well, are a lot more nominated for best director. Nope. I was like, wait a minute. It wasn't even nominated. <laughs> so there was literally no way it was going to lose. Uh, unless they gave it to Spike Lee, which is like the outside shot. Um, yeah. Just because he was Spike Lee, which would have been bad either. But, you know, you know. Uh, so I'm looking at all these years where the the directing. OK, this, this is what best director has done so far. Uh for 2010, The King's Speech, Tom Hooper, which we should probably rescind now after Cats. Um. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to take away your award retroactively, and we're going to give it to... Who would you give it to? Out of those, the five that we have right there, David Fincher, probably. Yeah. I think I would give it to Darren Aronofsky for Black Swan. That's a great pick. I think that would, I think that would be my pick. <laughs> That's a great, hey, that is a great pick. Listen, and we all know I've been a, a staunch defender of Tom Hooper, but until he makes another movie that's on the level of the King's Speech, in my mind, he, you know, he he's in he's in the he's in the corner right You're now. In <laughs> You're in Listen, the yeah, <laughs> yeah. But and then you go, uh, so that year that the King's Speech won, um, that was the was that, that was a straight ten, wasn't it? Yes. And then the year, the next year was a straight ten. And then, right? And then we went to... Because I know for two years we had a straight 10. Uh, no, the next 2011 was not a straight 10 because I believe 2009 was the first straight 10. Aha! But, so we had two years and then 2011 was that one. So by... Just pull it up. I'll get the best picture up. Okay. Yeah, so we had a straight 10 in 2009. And... Straight 10 in 2010. And then one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine in 2011. So, yeah. so by looking at that right now, that even makes the if we're just going into the fact the the uh, the decade with um, preferential ballot, that's one less that's one less correlation between the two. So yeah. there's definitely a lot more. I think yeah, I think it's a factor, multiple factor. I think multiple factors include. People are just more aware of directing. But in, year, but in the two years that we had a straight 10, both of those movies won Best Picture. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so. This is sort of a recent. Uh, yeah, this is recent a, trend. Because like in 2011, the artist wins and the artist somehow wins for Best Director as well. Um, Which I'll, 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 I'll give people that. I don't know how that was the, ca- the case. Like I love the artist, but. 
mean, I don't I don't know. Directing that year wasn't as strong. Alexander Payne is right there. He's right there for you. <laughs> eh, I don't care for the descendants that much, but that's me. Um uh and then I don't care for Hugo that much. Um uh, it's a weird lineup, I admit. <laughs> it's it's not the best but, lineup of the of the decade, we'll say. No, it's not a bad lineup. 2011 is definitely the worst year. Yeah, of, actually. Of the last decade. <laughs> There's not like the descendants is really good, and then I think everything else is kind of like okay. Or bad, as the case may be. <laughs> I was about to say, like, yeah, I might say throw the artists. Actually, I actually really like Midnight in Paris though. So and I'm not a Woody Allen fan. Uh, that movie was like special. I don't know why to me. Um and then uh, 2012 was like the year that they just couldn't decide what they liked the best. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was the yeah, when they that was the big like Ben Affleck's not even nominated for director. What do we do? Yeah, and that yeah. was the Argo year. Yeah. Um. So year the best film does not win. <laughs> no, definitely. I can no. Me and you can agree on that. Evidently. Um. And then 2013 split and split, which I think okay. Now this is to me the best use of the split. Um. Mostly because I think both of these two are. Utterly excellent films. And this is also a nail biter of a race. 12 Years a Slave, Best Picture winner, Gravity for Coron, um, winner of the Best Director. Because mm. um, I know that Coron won BAFTA for Director and Picture. Yeah. So. I mean, like, he kind of swept. I still have yet to see Gravity, but. <laughs> oh, yeah, you um, haven't, have you? But I of the of these five directors, as much as I love Twelve Years of Slave, I would have picked Scorsese for The Wolf of Wall Street. But okay, that that's a great. I'm, again, I'm not a fan of Scorsese, but Wolf of Wall Street is very very good. Um, yeah. I think you had three good choices in this director race. Yeah, we're really getting better. Not, we're getting a lot better. Two years. So, uh, 2014 then, was a little all over the place. Actually, I don't know how Inuri two won that. One. I I really thought Linklater was going to win. Because because you're looking at it from a technical standpoint. If you look back at some of these films, Gravity was the technical achievement. Even Life of Pi was quote unquote the technical achievement of the year. I mean, uh, but well, I mean, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that really was technically from 2012, right? Yeah. Well, what would you give have given it to? I mean, with this lineup that we currently have, I'm 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 cool with director going to Life of Pi for Ang Lee, just from like what are you able to do? I would have given it to Lincoln because I love Lincoln. I love yeah, Lincoln. Me too. I would have 100% given it to Spielberg. Like, what the, uh, <laughs> what is going on here? <laughs> but Life of Pi is like one of those words. I get it. It's it's the technical achievement of the year, and that's kind of where I see Best Picture has, excuse me, uh, Best Director has gone to recently. Like, let's go uh, to the year. Let's skip Birdman, Boyhood, because Boyhood. Would you actually first off, would you consider Boyhood the more technical achievement outside of Birdman? Uh. You know, they're both, like, very technical movies. Exactly, <laughs> in different they're ways. movies that rely on, like, a lot of technique. Um, but I think, like, Boyhood requires more vision than Birdman did. Mmm. Twelve years of vision. <laughs> right there. Like, it required a lot more commitment. It did. It did. Like, the actors had to sign, like, what, how long of a contract it was probably... Yeah. That was crazy. So yeah, no, I guess that's the one year where, although the debate could be had, because you said so yourself, they're both very technically driven films. Um, and you look both, over to the that's both in Yaritu's Oscars, right? Yes, like, both Birdman and The Revenant are are technical marvels. Yes, yes, 
And that's the point where I was like, I would, again, that's the year where people were like, oh, The Revenant had us in the bag. He was kind of sweeping everything in director. And then Spotlight one came in one picture after winning screenplay, and that's it. <laughs> that was a crazy year. Thanks, Spotlight. <laughs> I mean, listen, hey, I love Spotlight, so I'm all for that. I am all yeah, look, for that. I love both these movies, so I'm really not like, I'm not a hater on You're the 2015 choices, but... <laughs> Um, and then you move over to the big uh, 2016. You have Chazelle and Jenkins uh, with La La Land and Moonlight fiasco, which that'll go down in history, as, yeah. in just general history. Well, since 2013, it's been the Three Amigos and Damien Chazelle. So yes. those are the only people who have won Best Director Oscars. I mean, <laughs> hey, <laughs> it's really it's really crazy. Let's let friend let's play the game that if Bong Joon Ho wins this. This will be uh well the, okay the, uh, well this will be the first year since 2013 that we're not going to have one of those people win. <laughs> so. I was also about to say this is probably the year also where uh the we've had the least white men win best director. I'm like, wow, that statistic though. Well, I mean, I guess it people dispute whether these whether anyways, we don't have to get into that. But wait, we'll get into what? I'm curious. It's my podcast. <laughs> Sometimes, like, I've heard dispute whether whether you're supposed to count the three amigos as minorities or not. And Wait, I think, what? Well, I think you are. But. Okay, now I'm, uh, I'm genu genuinely interested at that discussion about where that came from. They're all Mexican, right? I was about to say, they're all Mexican. They're not, like, they're not from yeah. Spain. Yeah. But I don't know. Like, I feel like people just, I don't like, they were literally they all born in Mexico City. Like, people don't count them for some reason. I don't know why, but they don't. Interesting. So for those who are watching and may and may have an answer, please post in the comments as to why that could be the case, because I'm genuinely... Educate us, because I genuinely did not perceive that to be the case. Yeah. I mean, like, and again, I can't explain it. It's just something that I've heard in the, you know... Oh, and correction. Uh, Del Toro did not was not born in Mexico City. He was born in... Uh, <laughs> Where Abe? Abe? <laughs> oh. Help! Uh, Guillermo so del Toro. Let's find out. Guillermo was born in Guadalajara. Guadalajara. Yeah, I'm not even. Gonna, why, can, Guadalajara. why can I not say words that are not? Mm. Well, mm. With Spanish. If you if you spend a little bit of time learning the Spanish alphabet, you'll be able to say pretty much everything in Spanish. Probably but everything is. Well, but no, everything is phonetically sounded in Spanish, which is really nice. Oh. So, like, you just, oh. as long as you know what the letters sounds they make, because they make the same sound every time. Oh, that sounds wonderful. <laughs> that sounds really nice. <laughs> right? <laughs> so, Guadalajara? So, and, and, or... and before some, like, Spanish-speaking person corrects me, yes, I understand in different dialects, sometimes the letters oh. make different sounds, but... As a general rule in your beautiful language, they make the same sound. <laughs> I was about to say, isn't that also the same case in like uh, uh, English? You have different dialects wherever you go, depending on yeah, where but, you are. But still, the word banana makes no sense because you say banana? Letter, you said you say the letter A three different ways in the same word. Ba. Whoa! Hold up! <laughs> hold up! I never thought about this until you just. Banana. 
So it should be banana, banana, banana. Wait, but wow, why are we spending banana. time? Banana, banana, <laughs> banana. Can I have a banana, which is, banana? Which is what it is in Spanish. Ban banana. I like Spanish. <laughs> I like the like, What is what is with the English language? Like, can I tell you? Uh, it was crafted by a very weird history. I believe that. That is mostly what English's problem is, is that we had we've had just such a weird history. <laughs> anyway, tangent aside. Yeah. Uh, that language lesson. <laughs> listen, and that has been your and that has been your couple minutes to note with Ryan McKenna. Uh and Manning Franks as he is being educated. The education, the educating Manning, or the education of Manning Franks. I don't know. One of those. Um so, as we were going along, La La Land, the more technical film than Moonlight, not saying Moonlight is not beautifully directed, it's just from a technical standpoint, having a musical that's been, I guess, that good in a while, uh, and probably one of the better ones out there, and spoiler alert, it might probably appear in my top 10 of the decade, we'll see, um, which we'll do at a later date once we have everybody here. Um, but that'll hopefully come later in a little bit uh, once uh, Abe finishes up some stuff he has to do. And then once the Oscars actually wrap up, then we'll be doing best of 2019 and then best of the decade at a later date. So keep an eye out for those. That's going to be a, a thing. <laughs> Trust me. I've already made, I've already started to make that list and I've already had to kill some of my darlings. Um, it's so hard. It is. It's very difficult. I'm, I'm curious to hear what all of you guys think as well too for best of the decade. Cause that's a discussion that's kind of going to be a bit more narrowed and it's not going to be the best of all time, which we cut a couple of decades from that list. Actually we cut near us. We are cutting uh, pro over a century of a uh, film. So that's going to help us out a little bit. Um, but yeah, so shape of water, Guillermo del Toro one, 2017. Um, only one probably I would have given it to might have been Nolan for Dunkirk, but I'm also happy for Del Toro. Good for him. Uh, yeah, good for him. Yeah, I know. Which I know your feelings on this. You, you. Well, yeah, and I think in retrospect, like I don't. I mean, I don't know what Dunkirk had had to do. Like now that like seeing 1917 get all the love that it's getting is like actually made me sa more sour about Dunkirk because like. <laughs> While Dunkirk came out in, uh, I think, a better year. Like, I think 19, or 2017 was a better year then. Yeah, yeah, it's a great year. But at the same time, I'm just like, I don't know what, um, what, like, what does Christopher Nolan have to do to get an Oscar, first of all? And secondly, like, what did Dunkirk have to do better? Like, I just don't understand. I but think this, it had... This is it, Ryan's complaint moment. I mean, no, please. No, I think it would have had to come out, like, not in August or... July. Yeah. When did it come out? Yeah, it came out in July. But I that's when Nolan that. movies come out. Like that, you're right. I, I don't know. Like that's when Maybe Tenet he, is coming out this year. So he's not playing by the Academy's rules. He's in his own boat. Yeah, shooting on. He film. needed to. He needed to. He needed to, for it to come out like this year, where they move it up a couple months. Oh, that was big um, in the movie in the movie news sphere. Um, oh, the, the deal. The, the major studios renewed their deal with Kodak to keep film alive. So good for these studios. 
I have never filmed on film before in my short career in uh, film in college because it's it's very expensive. So yeah. I'm glad that I'm glad that the the principle and the practice of film is being presented. I would like it if it was made more accessible in some places for uh, universities, um, yeah. i.e., some you know, not AFI. <laughs> Do you know anybody right. that uses those like little like because I know that they Kodak was coming up with some new Super 8 camera. That, to my knowledge, like, not yet. I don't know anyone who has used it yet. Okay. Yeah, that but is I'm so gonna, far away to... from my world that I just don't. <laughs> I'm totally ignorant. <laughs> and... It's okay. I am ignorant too in a lot of things. Uh, I'll, I'll, uh, foreign languages. <laughs> Although it would be it would be weird to shoot what you what you shoot for your job. On film. On, like, on film? That would be weird. I don't think we could. <laughs> or we could, actually, because we used to do tape back in the day before my... And the people who work at my news station will tell me, back in my day when we had the tape, it was a lot harder than this. And I'm like, I'm sure it was there, Jim. I'm sure it was. <laughs> Jim. I just... as No one is... My work is named Jim. I just picked something up there. That's such a newsy <laughs> name. <laughs> I know. And there's no one named Jim, actually. And back to Jim. Thank you, Jim. Thank you, Jim. Back to you, Jim. Back to Jim at the desk. Jimothy, hello. Um, okay, so anyway, we are going on a lot of beautiful tangents today. Uh, and then Quran I mean, that's, won... what, that's what this news light episode... Literally, you're not kidding. Absolutely. And then Quran wins for Roma. So now that we're back to square one, we did that little journey. But the point I am attempting to make is, if we're looking on sheer technical level, on paper, Sam Mendes should win. Uh, on paper. Sure. If we're looking at the technical aspect, most of these films have a technical edge to them where they're like, wow, this did this. If you look at The Revenant, look at the technical aspect they had to do. All this incredible lighting that they had to accomplish. Oh, wow, look at this direction for La La Land, what they managed to do with Chazelle. And I think that the the conversation yeah. has been around 1917's direction more than it has Bong Joon-ho's direction of Parasite. I feel like that's been more revolving around the picture, if I'm not mistaken. I think I think that's probably right. I still don't know that they're going to give Best Picture to a foreign language film. Like, not I'm yet. Not, anyway. I think the Academy is racist, but like I just don't think the Academy cares enough. Like they're going to give Parasite its its foreign language film award. And then I think they're going to tut-tut it pretty much <laughs> everywhere else. <laughs> well, I, listen, listen, I don't know. It won at the, it won editing at the, uh, at the, at the Eddie's. It did. So I just think that the Oscars are going to tut-tut it. I mean, we'll see what BAFTA does though. It's the big thing, but knowing BAFTA, they're going with, they're going with Le Mans 66. <laughs> Le Mans. Yes. Which is a better title. Than Ford B Ferrari. I'm not gonna lie. Oh, I love the Ford B Ferrari title. But Le Mans '66 sounds so much better than Ford yeah, B Ferrari. No one's gonna go see Le Mans '66 in America. I mean, you're right, but at the same time, <laughs> it's so much more fun Ford to say Ferrari. It sounds like a boxing match, you know. Um, but yeah, no. Okay, so do you? Well, then you bring up a good point. Then over here, if you're not gonna give it to a foreign language film. Do you think they will ever give it to a foreign language film in the future? I mean, of course they're going to in some time, but do you think we're closer to that time than not? Mm, maybe. 
okay i'll take it like i i mean i don't know i i think that we're closer to that time than not but i don't think it's gonna happen not this year at least yeah well i just don't think it's gonna happen at any like recent time i mean the last year was the first year that a foreign language film got director um Mm. right I'm, i'm not incorrect in that saying that correct uh, I'm pretty sure that's never happened well, before. The last two years in a row. No, no, no. Hold on. I have. I mean, year, actually, non-English language nominees and winners of best director. We had 2018, which went to Pavel Pavlikowski. For oh man, and, and win oh, it. No, nom- nominee. Uh, yeah, Coron won. Yeah, none of these other people won. You're right. This, okay. The first time. Okay, so I was right. I sorry, want you to double check not, that. These are sorry. The winners are in bold and nominees are not in bold. So Okay. But they're on the So line. by by that proxy, it's the barrier in that sense is broken to where I think the academy at large is are watching a lot more foreign language films than they once were. Cuz I know there was a time period where uh you look back at the 70s in particular, there was a lot of foreign language films. Um did you nominated been, that there have only been six black directors ever nominated for best director? Really? <laughs> yes. And two and of those five, are Jordan Peele and Spike five, Lee. Five of them since 2009. And one in the entire period of history before then. <laughs> That's kind of sad, actually. Wow. <laughs> Listen, I, ne- I, I never once think the Academy is doing it deliberately. Never. It's not my it's not my stance, and I will say that. But it's more interesting the sense of like, wow, that's where the the uh the direct that's not that is where the industry has been for this amount of time. Wow. I mean, but it's also like and it's not just them. There have been five Asian directors, which okay, like and the only one to ever the only Asian director to ever win best director has is Ang Lee. Who's once I was about to say he's won twice. But both films were like, you know, they were not foreign language films. They were they were films in the English language as well, too. But Akira uh, Kurosawa nominated one time for Best Director. Once. Which one was that again? Was it? He was nominated for Ron. Which I had not seen that one, actually. It's a movie, but like, not Seven Samurai. Like, I, I was just, about to say, that's, it just doesn't make sense. It's right? not Yojimbo or Seven Samurai at all. or <laughs> like Interesting. I, mean, I don't know. And there have been five Latin American directors, but they have won one, two, three, four, five Oscars. Uh, I've been most of them have been in the Tony Tins. So. Yes. Well, they only had one before two thousand three, and then they've had four since then. But wait, since two thousand three? Yeah. Who won? So they didn't win in 2003, but they oh, had a oh. for Fernando Morales for City of God in 2003. Oh. And then In 2 has been nominated three times, Cuaron twice, and Del Toro once. Interesting. Okay. Inyari 2, I... two of three, Cuaron 2 of two, and Del Toro 1 of 1. So We are learning all these Oscar facts today. Right. I, I, love, I love facts. I love that. five female directors, only one winner. Well, we're getting we're getting better at that. Although that was that was that was more of like you know, 
<laughs> an industry thing in general than an Oscar thing. We're getting better at that, everybody. I mean, as we've talked about, like the Oscars are the end of the road. Yes, like, agreed. They are. If the, if there is a problem, it's usually indicative of, of not the establishment, but those that uh, work within it. Mm-hmm. Anyway. We're getting political. <laughs> Look at this show. We have gone off the rails. This is this is why you know this is this is Malcolm and Abel keep us in line. Um, but that's in, in in retrospect, what we're trying to say is director Sam Mendes seems to it's have probably been. Gonna win. It's probably going to win Best Director. That being said, if Bong Joon Ho wins BAFTA in either category, well, actually, no. I think if Sam Mendes wins director and BAFTA, it's like a done deal. He should just get the Oscar at this point. However, I th- think, I don't know why the odds. Do you, okay, do you see that Bong Joon Ho winning Parasite while 1917 could only win picture out of those two? I could see Is that. the split. Do you see that more than happening the other way around? No. So you see I the see, possibility I see Parasite of- winning picture more than more than uh, director. I okay, I I agree with that. But do you think there's going to be if, if there's a split? Now, also, we're not even talking about Tarantino, who's like right on the edge over here. Yeah, I, I don't think, think I think there's a decent chance that he just wins, and that once upon a time in Hollywood has a has a night. But you I think he wins both. Yeah, no, I think if I think if that's going to happen, he's going to win both. I think. So then let's go to this idea. When has 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 Tarantino ever won a BAFTA? Uh. <laughs> because I'm, that'll give us. I don't want the Quebec uh, Values Charter. I want Quentin Tarantino accolades and awards. Quentin Tarantino, list of awards and nominations. BAFTA awards. BAFTA, he has been nominated. Okay, so at the BAFTA awards, he has been, he has not won best film. This is the Mm -hmm. first time he's ever been nominated for best film, which is a crime. That's actually shocking. For best director, he has been nominated four times for Pulp Fiction, Inglorious Bastards, Django Unchained, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So he's been a lone director three times. Huh? He's been a lone director three times. Yes. Um, And best original screenplay, he is nominated and won for Pulp Fiction. Nominated, but didn't win for Inglorious Bastards. Nominated and won for Django Unchained. Mm -hmm. And nominated for The Hateful Eight. And nominated once again for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Okay, so the the, the screenplay branch enjoys him a lot. Yeah, so he's won two BAFTAs, but only in screenplay. Nothing else. Although, I mean, at this point, I don't see... Which is the same as his Oscar career, but I was about to say, yeah, like literally the exact same in step. Yeah. Wait, wasn't Pulp Fiction was nominated? What the fuck? Is this nominated for? Wasn't it nominated for picture? Yeah. Wait, I'm not going crazy, am I? (laughs) I don't know. Let me uh, ask me. Are you going crazy? Uh. I'm not going crazy. It was definitely nominated. Oh, okay. Never mind. I see. I see the problem here. What's the problem? So Tarantino was not a uh, producer, so he does not have a nomination for Pulp Fiction for oh. Best Picture. But 
Pulp Fiction might have a nomination for Best Picture. <laughs> well, huh. That's stupid. That's, that's stupid that's... and annoying. <laughs> well, that's what happens when the directors don't produce their films. <laughs> well, interesting. Uh, I'm not saying that's a good thing. Just list trying. of accolades received by Pulp Fiction. Yes, it, Pulp Fiction was nominated for Best Film at the BAFTAs, which... It, okay. I'm confused. Yeah, no, that's just that's 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 interesting more than anything else. So, okay, there is precedent that they love him, but that love probably could translate to probably most likely a screenplay happening, right? Yeah, well, I think that's pretty set, right? Like, what in original screenplay do you think is going to beat him? I mean, I don't see Marriage Story doing that. Not at the Baftas. Book Smart but, not happening. But period, like at anywhere. I mean, Parasite is the one that ever has a shot. And that only depends on how much they love Parasite. I don't even think that's a realistic shot. <laughs> at all. You don't think that's no, a realistic shot at all? Not for uh... screen. I think that it has a shot of winning Best Picture. It has a shot of winning Best Director. But I just don't give it any chance of winning Best Screenplay. I will disagree with it any chance. I think it's number two. And it's the, not a, and it's a distant two. But number I feel two. like the, the statistics are there for it to win if they adore Parasite. Because I don't know, like, literally, if it's winning Best Picture, what is it? it does it get that international film and then well, director? Think is number, I think Marriage Story is the number two in screenplay. I think that is the only film with a chance of beating. For BAFTA or in general at Oscars? Period. At BAFTA, no. Oscars. Marriage Story has gotten, not has got, it doesn't have the, it does not have the, like, the, the support I have I heard, heard nothing regarding well, it. Again, I think Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is winning. I'm just no, saying I, agree. I just don't think it's the more writery film of the rest of them. And again, I don't know that like I just I just don't see Parasite doing it. I just don't. <laughs> I mean, by at the end of the day, Once Upon a Time is probably gonna win this. We're and we're having semantics regarding what's number two. <laughs> but <laughs> we're having semantics because... that will never be resolved. No, never be resolved. But at the same time, yeah. I'm just thinking that the Parasite has the more broader support because yeah. I'm pretty sure... I, I mean, I, I guess I get, the odds do agree with you. The BAFTA odds do suggest the Parasite is the number two in best screen. And that's play, but. only because I just see, like, because it's because it's going to probably bring it along with it. And because also the winners aren't determined by the branch. It's literally like everyone gets to vote. So people know what Parasite is, and they're like, oh, let's bring it in. Like, if I think it was just the writers, they might throw in Marriage Story in there, too. But because it's the broader spectrum, I think you're going to bring in. Because the Parasite branch, the Parasite branch, the actors branch <laughs> the Paras loved Parasite. And that's the biggest one. But I don't know how long, I don't know what that's going to translate to type of thing. Yeah. Which is indicative. Yeah, okay. I can see that. Um, but yeah, no, we could totally be wrong. And then Tarantino could come in winning both director and film for BAFTAs, which that would be crazy if that were to happen. What if he just wins everything? <laughs> uh, I wouldn't be too happy with that, but I know you would. So I guess there's some uh, silver lining to this. I would be quite ecstatic. You would. And I was, I would let you just host the podcast. Listen, okay, here's the deal. I'm making a bet right now. If Tarantino wins the director and uh, if Tarantino wins either director or best picture, one of those two, Ryan gets to host the podcast for a day. Calling that bet now. 
for a day. Ryan, for a, for one episode. What a what a prize. You want to do it for the whole year? No, <laughs> you like no I don't. I don't. Have I thought not. <laughs> it's not a prize if I tell you you get to do it for the whole year. It becomes <laughs> an obligation and a chore. It's a punishment. I barely have enough time to be a guest. I know, right? I'm the host. Uh, so, so he is, I do think we can't count out Tarantino. I think Phillips is not winning director. And I don't think Scorsese is winning director. I don't think either is one of those are winning best film right now. It's still a three horse race with 17 parasite and Hollywood in that order right now. Sure. Do you disagree? No. Anything you wish to add? <laughs> no. Cause we talked about director and film stuff for longer than I anticipated. We really did. Oh, <laughs> uh, wow. Um, then I'm just going to quickly go through uh, here. We're going to do some quick fire rounds and see how right we are tomorrow. Uh, let's just do the... Of, of, at this point, I think the actings are sewn up, right? Unfortunately. I can't believe that Who's Your Face is going to win Best Actress. I just I, I can't... No wigger. Yeah, I just don't <laughs> want to say her name. So <laughs> he, She who shall not be named she who will not be named okay we will not talk about her um uh, basically you have dern pitt phoenix and she who will not be named who are now all winning their respective oscars is yeah. there any possible chance the bafta does not take does not go with all four uh i mean there's a chance but it's not a good one no i don't <laughs> i i agree like which of those? Which of those upsets do you think is most likely to happen? Uh, I can tell you right now, Pitt's not losing. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't think, and I don't think Zellweger's losing either, just because. Oh, I'm sorry, I said her name. Um, is winning either because it's Judy. She's playing Judy Garland, and they love her in. They love her in England. Have you seen the movie? <laughs> that was that was part of the point of that movie. Exactly. Um, so right now I think it's Dern and Phoenix and Dern is just kind of winning everything. But then again, Florence Pugh is British. So. Wait, what? The <laughs> Florence Pugh is British. That's the only thing I have that, you know, Florence Pugh is British. Ergo, she is going to win. <laughs> Listen, they love British things at the Baptist. Yeah. No, and Margot I mean, honestly, Robbie's like that would be a, that would be a much better pick than Laura Dern for marriage. It would. So like, no hate. I would, no. I would. I would be pro the Baptists for that move. But that actually be really cool and different, and I would be happy with that. Um, and Margaret Robbie could totally win one of those. Uh, she's probably going to split. And yeah, no, Margaret's got no chance. She's just happy to be nominated twice, which is not something that happens every day. <laughs> yeah, I'm just happy to be nominated twice or at all if you're with the win awards. Yeah. Hey, there you go. Shade. And I think so. I think if actor, I think Phoenix is the weakest, mainly because that performance is a lot more divisive than the rest. But then again, I don't know who. What does does Edgerton? Like, I don't know who. I don't know who wins. <laughs> Edgerton, it's obviously, not... just to throw shade at the Oscars. What? Just because they're it's the most British performance. <laughs> Listen, if you just pick that, that by that definition, 1917's one in film. Yeah, it is the most it's... British film. It's literally the most British film because I think it's winning outstanding British film unless Rocket Man comes in. Which is funny because you'd think that LDC and Adam Driver would be like the picks, but then they're just not. 
They're no. not. They've gotten no traction. No. Who was the first one besides Driver? You said LDC. Aha! Oh, DiCaprio. I was so confused. I was like, yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> I just nodded <laughs> along, pretended I knew what I was talking about. And Jonathan Price, happy to dominate. <laughs> oh no! Listen, the guy got a. The guy came in swinging after missing that sag. So good for him. Watch Brad Pitt loses to like Anthony Hopkins. <laughs> Listen, I would not be mad because I love that performance and he gave his best performance in a while. But Brad Pitt um, deserves his awards. He's, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I will I deserve Anthony Hopkins already has an Oscar. Brad Pitt has an Oscar, but not for acting. Right. He has a producing um, Oscar. He does. But still an Oscar. He can literally go around saying I'm Academy Award winner Brad Pitt if he wanted to. He can. <laughs> like literally no one would stop and be like, I that is not right. He'd be like, aha, here's the gold. Oh, Brad. Oh, Brad. Um, Is it illegal to buy an Oscar or sell an Oscar? But what if it's auctioned off for charity? Hmm? But what if it's someone? What do you do with it then <laughs> if you don't want it? You return it to the Academy. It's not your property. You're not permitted to, huh. to turn it over to somebody else. Because I heard it, I found a statistic, not a statistic, but a fun fact is that it happened one night after Clark Gable's death, they auctioned off his, uh, maybe that, that's changed recently. They auctioned off his, uh, it happened one night Oscar for best actor. Yeah. And I don't know what happened to it. I think Spielberg won it, I believe. He, he bought it. Correct me if I'm wrong, though. That, I'm pretty sure I, I read that today because I, I have no time on Saturdays. Which is, like, literally, I don't have time, so I don't know why I did this. I had no time to do anything else. But while he's doing that, uh, basically the BAFTAs, you know, <clears throat> I expect everything to go uh, as they, as expected. Um, oh, wait, hold up. Parasite's not even nominated for Best Editing at the BAFTAs, so, yeah, Lamont sixty six is totally watching. Is totally winning this, or Ford's v Ferrari, I should say. Okay, so I have the Oscars regulations up. Pray tell. And they're under the regulations for copyrights and trademarks. Regulation number ten says Academy Award winners have no rights whatsoever in the Academy copyright or goodwill in the Oscar statuette or in its trademark and service mark registrations. Academy Award winners must comply with these rules and regulations. <clears throat> award winners shall not sell or otherwise dispose of the Oscar statuette, nor permit it to be sold or disposed of by operation of law, without first offering to sell it to the Academy for the sum of $1. This provision shall also apply to the heirs and assigns of the Academy Award winners who may acquire the statuette <clears throat> by gift or bequest. So you can give your Academy Award to somebody, but then they cannot sell it without first offering it to the Academy for the sum of $1. Okay, so this is what happened, apparently. On December 15th, 1996, Gable's Oscar was auctioned off to Steven Spielberg for 607000 mm -hmm. Spielberg promptly donated the statuette to the Motion Picture Academy. <laughs> so, See, like, I don't... See, the thing is, I don't know when this regulation came into place, but... <laughs> The Academy after has, it happened. It's like, but, the, but the Academy definitively has a right of first refusal on all Academy Awards. Okay. They <laughs> might have done this right after this happened. They're like, we should probably do something about this. But if you're like really good buds with an Academy Award member, they can gift it to you. 
They're so, on their deathbed and they're like, ah, take my Oscar. Well, I mean, their they're kids probably like, you know. Oh, yeah, that'd be a great, like, hey, my dad won an Oscar. Great conversation starter. You know. Just casual conversation. Yeah. Um, okay. So they're, we're so getting, all right. We're getting way too distracted. All right. <laughs> so we both agree. Screenplay, Tarantino. Yeah. Both agree. All right. Yep. Screenplay. Now, adapted screenplay is going to be real interesting because I don't think Irishman's winning this, is it? Uh, no. Because Little Women won the USC Scripter, which the out best adapted screenplay odds currently are pretty split. It's pretty close between Little Women and Jojo Rabbit, according to Gold Derby. Okay, I can see that. So, with one with the Irishman, like not too far behind. I think this would be a good spot to give it to Little Women, considering Greta got snubbed for director. Yeah, I think that would be a good win. I'd I think like, hey. Rabbit probably like it, it, it's the more again, it's the more writery movie. It but, is, it is. But Little Women winning would be nice. That would be nice. It's an um, awards movie. It is, but it's a good awards movie. It is. It's um, a very good awards movie. Uh, outstanding British film. 1917 we don't need to go through anything else at this point <laughs> yeah. um unless rocket man comes in just because they love elton john rocket man which actually be a pretty cool win i'm not gonna not gonna lie i don't think it's the best of the year but you know what just to have something different um cinematography give it to deacons that's the oscar you need to engrave yeah um all right, editing. Uh, this is basically this is a excuse me, Ford v Ferrari. That's I don't see how it's unless Jojo Rabbit takes it because it won the Ace Eddie for comedy. Yeah, but, I still think that it's Ford. Versus no, yeah, it is. It is because it, Rush won this, and that wasn't even nominated for the Oscars. So, <laughs> fun fact: um, best costume design. Now this is probably what Hollywood. Uh, actually, yeah, I'm not totally sure. Um, let this me would be interesting. Odds. Costume design. Where is costume design? Jesus Christ! Costume design. Uh, currently, the prohibitive favorite is Little Women, followed okay. relatively closely by Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. But okay, I wouldn't be opposed to that one either. No. I like that one. That would be fun. all right. So production design now is this Hollywood? Uh, production because design is. I'm pretty sure the odds are for Hollywood for this one. Yes, I'm pretty sure that they are too. Because your other nominations are 1917, which is actually some pretty great production design. Yes, um, uh, Hollywood is the is the favorite, followed mm-hmm. followed by 1917, but not okay. It's not a huge gap. I mean, the Hollywood production is for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is is pretty great, so I will not be opposed to that one at all. Yeah, the other three um, are just happy to be there. I know. Yeah, you know what? It's okay. It's good for them. Um, makeup and hair, bombshell. It has to be bombshell, right? <sighs> yes, because they like that that particular move. They like it when they change an actor's face. Yes. Um, yes, Bombshell is the favorite. Uh, Rocket Man is the second place in terms of the odds. 
which I'm still they did a great job as well too of changing uh, Edgerton. I always I I always have to pause before I say his name because I'm going to say Egerton if I don't. So Karen Edgerton, the way they changed his face as well is also very uh, really good. Tilton John. Yeah, and it was now this it was very not noticeable. <laughs> so yeah, it, yeah, it was very 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 subtle, but also like. You see, you can see the little uh, uh, gap in his tooth, which is very like, oh, hey, I, I, that's very different. And I think that was really subtle. And they do a nice job of that. Um, score. This is going to be fun. This is like Little Women, right? Or Joker. Uh, I should say not Little Women, Joker. I mean, I looked, I looked at Little Women, and I meant to say Joker, Joker. <laughs> I think it should be Little Women, but yes, it, is it should be. But let's talk about that. That score is great. Like I, it's it is bubbly and light, but at the same time, it has some weight to it thematically. It's one of Alexander Desplat's best scores in a while, and he's done some great scores. But yeah, let me be, tell you, the odds for the Baftas go Joker, nineteen seventeen, and then the rest. <laughs> I thought so. And nobody is giving Jojo out at the time of day. I don't even remember. It's going to sound real bad. I don't even remember the Jojo Rabbit score. Only thing that pops into my hand is the German version of I Want to Hold Your Hand. Yeah. No, I mean, but that's true of like all of these movies. I like, I remember liking the score to Little Woman, but I couldn't hum a single note of it. I'm going to go send you some score just because it's so fantastic. Um, all right, sound. Now, this is, I, I can. Okay, this is a toss-up between seventeen and Rock, not uh, seventeen and Four V Ferrari. Yeah, but I th well, think this would tell us of what's winning the Oscars as well. Uh, well, I hope not, because at least according to the odds on Gold Derby, uh, nineteen seventeen is the like absolute favorite to win this award. Um, oh, cool! By like a large margin. Oh my. And I kind of think that like Ford v Ferrari is better sound design. And sound so. design, I agree. I agree. So this isn't cinematography. This is sound. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of weird how big of a gap there is there. I concur. Uh, and best special visual effects. That's a mouthful. Okay, I have no idea. What what's the favorite on this one? Visual effects. The favorite is Avengers Endgame. I mean, I guess it is until it isn't. Like, I think The Lion King probably should be the favorite because, like, let's be honest, like, the visual effects in that movie are phenomenal, even if the rest that is of true. the movie leaves is something not. to be desired. But <laughs> I listen, the only reason Endgame's getting this probably is because, oh, we want to give him something, the Avengers something. I mean, who doesn't? I mean, it's, it's not getting anything else, I can tell you that. Um, Literally, it's not nominated for anything else, so it can't get anything else. And then, um, best film not in the English language. Say it with me, Ryan. One, two, three. Parasite. Parasite. There we go. Yes. Yeah, that's yeah. No, no contest. Um, and then best documentary. Now this will be interesting because Apollo Eleven is not nominated at the Oscars, but it is nominated here. Yeah. The only the only things that are there is American Factory and Forsama. Yeah. I think that Apollo I mean, like the odds makers seem to think it's a close race between Forsama and American Factory. Makes sense. 
which I haven't seen for Sama, so I guess I can't make a judgment on that one yet. But like American Factory is kind of like the more I sit around to think about it, I was like, that movies are really not that good. It's okay. <gasps> really? Yeah. Oh, okay. I I that movie's in my top ten from last year. Spoiler alert. So that's really interesting. Oh wait, do you include documentaries in your top ten movies? I year? do, just from features of the year. Just from oh, okay. That's I that's do, I only deal with narrative films. Oh. Well, I, that that again, that's your list though. Don't feel free to like change it if you if because you've uh, I did. Well, I feel like we have to have consistent rules. We can establish those rules later. <laughs> we, can, um, we can do that off mic. <laughs> do that off mic. Uh, so I, at this point, I do think it's factory or for Sama. Um, that is what. Because yeah. what was last year? Because last year, Free Solo won this war, award as well, right? It wasn't Neighborhood. Uh, this kind of sets a precedent for me if we're going to go for Apollo 11 or not. BAFTA Award for Best Documentary went I'm to... I'm just click on it myself, and I feel bad for making you do it. When I it went to song. Free Solo. Well, okay, there you go. <laughs> now we know. Now we know. And then animated film. Frozen 2. Klaus. A Shaun the Sheep movie, Farmageddon, and Toy Story 4. Now this could be interesting. Because this is like the least certain, certain animated race that we've had in many years. I know. Like, I guess Toy Story 4 won PGA and DGA, but Klaus won the Annies, which, yeah. again, they, they don't all, Disney and Pixar don't always win. There is mm -hmm. some, there is some, there is some stiff competition for the Annies. But the fact that Klaus won over anything else, I find to be interesting. Yeah. Um, um, so the odds makers think it's going to be Toy Story 4. Obviously, yes, yes. But what if Klaus won? Like just to I don't know. What if Armageddon won? That would be, you know what? I would love the it would literally be an Armageddon <laughs> for the animated branch because it's like what's winning? I don't know. Uh, yeah, but no, I think the Toy Story 4 is going to win probably. Just it's going to just default. Yeah, well, I just think there are too many Pixar people in the Academy's branch of the anim like Academy's animated branch that I just don't yeah. think that like I think that it because it's had such a long period of success that it's just yeah. going to be too hard to overcome. Mm -hmm. And then we're skipping the short films because we haven't seen them. <laughs> we um, haven't seen these. And best casting, the cool award that they just announced for BAFTA first year doing it, Joker, Marriage Story, Hollywood. The personal history of David Copperfield and the two popes. The odds makers think that this is Hollywood. I thought you were about to say the odds makers think this is the personal history of David Copperfield. I literally hadn't heard of this movie until I saw this nomination. I was like, okay. Funnily enough, I only knew this movie existed from like, you know how YouTube like recommends sometimes trailers if you watch enough? This is one of those recommended trailers. I... And I was like, what is this? don't watch trailers so like outside of the movie theater so at all okay yep oh i have oh, to be I like didn't... particularly motivated to watch trailer oh wow i didn't know that i'm learning something i'm learning more things today um but yeah hollywood seems like an appropriate uh choice but i would not be opposed if marriage story took this that'd be a that'd be a good get um 
But yeah, yeah, I don't know enough about the casting department to make that decision or the best casting uh, BAFTA. Yeah, which I feel like this is kind of an unfair award in this case because it's just everybody wanted to be in Hollywood. And that's why there's like even the side characters are famous people. Yeah, like, that's true. Even the like random like I'm in like 30 seconds of this movie characters mm. are still famous people. And you're like, OK, cool. <laughs> You really didn't need a famous person for this, but okay, cool. Too late. <laughs> Guess y'all wanted to be in this movie. I mean, you get when you have when you were working with someone like Quentin Tarantino. That's that's saying something. It's like, hey guys, I worked with Quentin Tarantino in this ten seconds that I walked on. Yeah, and once one time in Hollywood had such an allure around it. I remember when yeah like, they were doing the production, like it had this, it had something special. Mm-hmm. I mean, other than the fact that it was by Tarantino, yeah, that that's a that's a big thing right there. But like, he had all the the studios vying over his script to see who would get it. Oh, it's like, oh, you want to work with me? And then he had this weird lockdown procedure where you had to go to Sony to read the script. You couldn't take it home and study. You could only go there because why not? <laughs> because, because there's you know. Because Tarantino was so pissed off about the hateful eight. Oh yeah, that did happen. I forgot about that. that he made it impossible to be an actor in his movies. <laughs> oh boy. Wasn't it in Bruce Dern and leak it by accident? I don't know. I don't know who it was. I thought it was or something. They mentioned that. And then they got all mad and people like, Oh, they're not going to have him in his movie, but no, he was still in the movie. So I don't know how much credence that was, but yeah, I thought it was part of the hack. I thought that's what it was, but might have been, might have been. Anyways. Um, but that's all. You know what? I'm interested to see how that shapes up for BAFTA, uh, what that's going to mean for the Oscars race because WGA also happens. So, and I think since Tarantino's not there, we get to find out what's number two, and we're going to find out what's number two, Ryan. Yep. Yeah, we will. So, what do we think? It's Parasite or Marriage Story? Uh, I think the WGA gives it to Marriage Story, but like I don't know. That makes sense. That actually, no, that that would make sense. if it's going to win there. I think that is where. Um, <laughs> hold on, uh, wait. Make that race look a little spicier. Hold on, wait, wait a minute. It literally just happened. The WGA just happened. I thought it was tomorrow. It just happened. Breaking news, guys. Oh. <laughs> do you want me okay. to tell you, or do you want to? We want to read it. Uh, I want you to to tell me. Question. All right, adapted screenplay, Jojo Rabbit. Cool, I dig the it. The writery movie. That's that's cool. A Little Women did was also nominated, did not win. Oh, uh, so we're gonna see how that. I think that's gonna be an interesting race to see uh, how that shapes right. up. BAFTA right. will be telling. Uh, but original screenplay went to Parasite. Well, I was wrong. <laughs> I was distinctly wrong. Okay. <laughs> I love it. I was like, well, I was wrong. Matt, uh, Matt right. This is, you know, <laughs> this is how it goes. Sometimes we're not, not right about everything. Listen, uh, dude, I've been, I, I, I have, I have been wrong plenty of times. Um, but no, yeah. Parasite. No, I'm actually shocked. Cause I was agreeing with you like 10 seconds before I found out about this. So now <laughs> I was wrong. Um, I literally just said, yo, you're right. The marriage story sounds like something they do. But nope. I mean, it does, but apparently not. No, I think that that's indicative of what I do. Again, I dig again. I think Hollywood's winning it, but I think this shows Parasite has strength within the other branches more than anything else. 
Um, yeah. Well, um, what else is one so far? Let's see. It's updating as we speak. So, some of these have not been finished yet. Cool. So, I don't know what the rest are at the moment. They're updating live. Um, wow, canon. Um, I, I, I don't know what else... I don't know if there's anything else to talk about now. I think we've hit... Oh, before we go, 2020 Oscar presenters, guys, they were officially announced. They were. They were, including some performances. So let's go through that list, because, Ryan, you don't know what the list is either. Neither do I. Yeah, I haven't looked at it, so I'm pulling it up as we speak. We're about to be surprised, because, guys, today we have... They include... Keanu Reeves, Sigourney Weaver, Shia LaBeouf, the actual cannibal, Will Ferrell. Wait, what? Julia Louise. Have you not Hold heard on. seen that YouTube video? No. I'm going to send it to you now. For those watching, y'all know, remember that YouTube video like five years ago that he appeared in? It's called The Actual Cannibal Shia LaBeouf. It's a musical. It's fantastic. It's hilarious. Okay. And he played in with the joke. It makes It's beautiful. It makes no sense, just like Shia himself. Um, I will link it in the description for those who don't know what it is. Uh, Shia LaBeouf, Will Ferrell, Julia Louise Dreyfus, Steve Martin, Lynn Manuel Miranda, Gal Gadot, Penelope Cruz, and Kristen Wiig. Other presenters include 1917 star George McKay, George McKay book smart sensation Beanie Feldstein, James Corden, the Peanut Butter Falcon star Zach Gottskin. Gots again, my bad. Oscar royalty, Diane Keaton, Maya Rudolph, Mershal Ali, Zazie Beetz, Timothy Chalamet, Olivia Coleman, Ami Malik, Kelly Marie Tran, Mark Ruffalo, Anthony Ramos, Mindy Kaling, and Regina King. Uh, the ceremony cool. will also feature performances from the Oscar-nominated Elton John, Idina Menzel, Cynthia Revo, Questlove, Chrissy Metz, and Randy Newman. So that's your typical Oscar. Oh, and of course... Announced literally yesterday, I believe. A Billy, days ago. the the couple days ago, uh, Grammy winner for song and record of the year, Billy Eilish, teen will sensation, be, <laughs> teen sense, teen sensation. Who wrote yeah. that? Who wrote that? <laughs> teen <laughs> sensation. What is the two thousands? Uh, not. It's not incorrect, but you know. These kids and their rap music. These kids and their these kids and their musics and pop beats. Um, she will also be singing, which I, Brian and I agree this could be her "No Time to Die" Bond song since she was recently announced as the uh, singer for that song. Yep, yep. I mean, it comes out in April, so it's not like it would yeah. be that far away. Which, first of all, that seems like way earlier than I would have ever thought. Incredibly. <laughs> Because I yeah. feel like we literally just heard about it a month ago. Like, I saw a trailer. Yeah. And now yeah. it's coming out. And I don't know I don't know how young our audience is here at Gone with the Wind. I think it's a mix. But, but I do just want to point out that the fact that Billie Eilish was born after 9-11 makes me feel really old. I just oh. want to make that statement <laughs> right now. <laughs> Wait. Oh. Oh, okay. She was born December 18th, 2009. Which 
Hey, December, ba- December baby over there. Represent. Also yeah. December. Oh. So there's that. <laughs> well, there you go. I was had to do some math in my head for a second, but wow, you're right. Please, please. The right um, young age of 18. I was about to say that, and she look look how far look how far she's gotten when she's only been eighteen. <laughs> Grammy and I was singing the she's gotten multiple Grammys, number 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 one hit song, and she's about to sing in the new Bond movie. And like, hey, if her song if her Bond song is good, maybe she'll be up for the Oscars next year. Maybe she'll be singing it. She'll be singing it again. Wouldn't that be kind of ironic? Which would be kind of weird because all of her songs sort of sound the same. So I don't really know what this is going to be like. But she has two speeds for her she's songs not, she's not untalented oh like i don't know how but i don't know how good she is that's the, uh, you know what you know what'll tell the thing a second I album with. a second well, album to see if she can differentiate herself from the first one like i yeah. okay we are about to quickly say this i love Billie eilish i think she is a breath of fresh air at least in the way she carries herself in a lot of what we see now and i enjoy a lot of her songs uh, she's a she's a great voice um I don't think she deserved all those Grammys. <laughs> Please don't kill me in the comments. But I can see the merit. So I like her. Will she be a good fit for the Bond movie? I have no idea. But they can bring Sam Smith on. They can bring Billie Eilish. Yeah. They want to bring the biggest names. I mean, like like Adele. Like, we've had, yeah. like, a string. Like uh, Actually, who did the Quantum of Solace song? Oh, jeez, you I, you could not tell me. I mean, I mean, sorry, I could not tell. I could not tell you is what I mean. You could not tell me, Ryan. I'm betting it now. I'm finding out because I'm just curious. We've had like a string of famous people do. Uh, Jack White and Alicia Keys. Well, I think that's less the, the indicative of the song and more indicative of like how that movie has kind of came and went. Yep. And I mean, Chris Cornell did. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, I can't I think of the name. Casino Royale. That's yep. the. That's the one. That's it. That's the one. Yeah. Um. Another way to die. <laughs> These songs really don't sound that pleasant, but okay. <laughs> nope, not at all. Not at all. Um, but yeah, any thoughts you have on the presenters? Anyone that's kind of like you're looking forward to seeing? Um. No, I mean, like, I don't especially care. Like, I feel strongly about the the actors presenting to the other actors thing mm-hmm. um, and the director presenting to the directors. But, yeah. like, otherwise, I just, I don't know. It's just a, an excuse to parade stars out in front of people, so. It literally is. I don't Which feel is why... super strongly about it. No, no, I, I always, I, and I always hope they are able to, you know, get some sort of actors there with some sort of charisma to be able to carry that since we have no host. Yeah. Well, and the Billie Eilish performance, like when I first heard about that, it struck me as kind of like a weird choice for the Oscars. Yeah. Like I understand that she's probably going to be performing a film song, but like they keep talking about like, they want to like remove the, the performances from the show. Yeah. And it's like, you're just putting in a different performance because this person is popular, which I, I if she just if she just there to perform bad guy. <laughs> uh, like, like and then just play the bombshell trailer in the background. 
I'm the bad guy. And like that, we are going to sign off <laughs> because we have what run out. Like literally, we we just managed to ramble on for about an hour twenty. I didn't expect that at all, honestly. This was a much longer episode than this was ever intended to be. But no, we just kind of just talked. <laughs> it was a nice chat. It was. You just kind of got a nice. What's the word I'm looking for? Casual, casual conversation with Ryan and Manning. <laughs> it's our new podcast title. A fireside chat. <laughs> a fire, a fireside chat with Ryan McKenna and Manning Franks. It will be, it was, it's all the fun makings of two guys who have nothing to talk about, but also everything. Yeah. Uh, okay. But so, we got the WGA. We did get that part right here. I, I know, right? I didn't expect that at all. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Do we, okay, I guess the final question we have before we end, end the episode. Um, do we think those WGA ones are going to translate? Or do we think that, you know, no, nope. no, I, yeah, no, not, not at all. I think Jojo has a chance, but I do not think that, uh, Parasite is going to be once upon a time in Hollywood. I just don't, no. see it I don't think so either. Not yet. Anyway, I need to see, <laughs> watch it. Watch Parasite be Hollywood or Baptist tomorrow. <laughs> uh, and Ryan, me being super excited and Ryan being super bummed. So, I mean, I like Parasite. Don't get me wrong; it's one of my favorite movies of the year. But, but like, it's not Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I know. I understand. We will console you if it does happen. Yeah. Um, we'll have a th- group therapy session. Yeah. And I'm and sure then no, we'll I all need it somewhere. Need it somewhere. <laughs> I uh, I do agree. I think Hollywood's got this, but I think adapted screenplay got a lot more interesting. Yeah. Instead of like one singular thing taking it away, because right now I can literally see Little Women, JoJo, or even Irishman in an off chance taking it. Yeah. Because so, that could that could be the only win each of those movies are going to get. Mm-hmm. So they're going to be fighting for that to stay relevant. All right. So Ryan, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me. Anywhere you want to find people at Armacan 19, or you can find me in my office because that's where I live now. How is it? <laughs> it's nice. Oh, it's pretty, okay. pretty chill. Is there, is, are you by yourself at the office? Uh, somebody must be here because the lights are on. So. Oh, okay. Well, I hope someone's there because otherwise... Yeah, I, didn't, uh, I didn't turn them on, so somebody power better be bill. here. <laughs> and, or power bill problems or ghosts? Which one would you rather have? I'd rather have ghosts. Okay. <laughs> I'd rather have ghosts. Yeah, honestly, yeah. And then you can find me at Twitter at Cine underscore man. That's C-I-N-E underscore M-A-N-N. As well as, guess what, guys? Our Gone with the Win Awards have officially are winning, are, I guess, not our nomination process. But the actual voting of the nominations can now commence. I will drop the link in the description. And... Yeah. Thank you guys also for getting lost in the woods in there. Uh, that made we me very actually, happy. We actually did get a big burst on day one here. So that's exciting. I know. So that was just the first day. And then we still have like another week to go. Again, I apologize. I should have been uh, up on. I should have like said, okay, gotten the ball rolling a lot sooner. We've all been swamped yeah. with work because this is not our jobs. This is something we do for funsies. <laughs> totally. Um, 
So again, please vote link will be in the description and I will keep touting this throughout the week. And again, we will announce the winners. I'm not sure if we'll do it before or after the Oscars. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to play it by ear. Well, we'll see. Uh, I'll see how many responses we begin to get. And I feel like there's more people coming in. I don't want to cut those people off because so far you said we've had a good stream of responses so far. Yeah. We That's have, awesome. we have almost the same number of responses right now as we did nominating ballots in total. Are you serious? No. Yes. Wow. <laughs> Let everyone so. know. That's a that's a good number for day one. All I'm gonna say. So that that's a good start, guys. Wow. I'm a, I'm happy. That's great. Thank you guys for watching this episode or listening. Honestly, I don't know what I'm gonna title this, but I'm gonna title it something.